Welcome to the podcast of America This Week, courtesy of the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129. If you want to listen to more, subscribe to Sirius XM and tune in on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. Welcome back. I'm Father Matt Malone, Editor-in-Chief of America Magazine. I'm joined by Colleen Dully and Zach Davis, who are on the editorial staff of America. We're talking about the news and the views at americamagazine.org this week. And you can find them all at americamagazine.org forward slash serious. Um, we had a great piece by our contributing writer, Eve Tushnet, because, you know, we, we've often heard uh, it proclaimed uh, at Mass the scripture, you know, I was imprisoned and you visited me, right? Uh, we've heard it said, visit the imprisoned. But what about the people who work there? What about their guards? Um, that's the question that Eve asked and uh, answered in this really fine article for America, and she joins us on the line now. Hello, Eve. Hi, hello. How you doing? Good. Great. So tell us about this article. What uh, what prompted your interest in it? And then uh, for our listeners who haven't uh, read it, uh, what did you have to say about the topic? Yeah, uh, so I actually don't remember what the first thing was that prompted me to do this, but I do. At a certain point, I did notice the thing that I say toward the beginning of the article about uh, the scriptural account of the crucifixion uh, and the way that two of the people who come to Christ to convert at, while Jesus is on the cross are the uh, the other prisoner being executed next to him who Jesus promises you will be with me this day in paradise, but also the centurion who is guarding them, who's there to basically make sure these people are tortured to death, uh, who also, in fact, recognizes who Jesus is and proclaims him. Uh, and I sort of noticed that we did, as you say, we hear a lot, uh, some of us, you know, depending on where you are, you may hear a lot about the need to visit prisoners and to care for prisoners and to kind of uh, honor their humanity. But that other person in the Gospels, the centurion, uh, is a voice that we don't really hear as much or we don't say, well, what's the contemporary equivalent of that? Who are those people and, and where are they? Uh, so uh, for, for a while I was trying to find out what ministry there was to corrections officers, to people working in the prison system. And it was really hard to find, uh, and that was sort of what made me want to do a piece because it seemed like there was this whole population of people out there who uh, it was really hard. To, if if I was working there and I sat down and Googled, you know, I'm Catholic and corrections officer, what's out there for me? You actually, it was it would be very hard to find something that was really directed toward your needs and that was run by people who understood what you were going through. And uh, Eve, what are some of the needs that corrections officers have? Yeah, the big there were, there were a few that came up again and again every time I talked to people. Uh, one huge thing is just the feeling of isolation, uh, of not having anyone that you can talk to or trust. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but it leads to people feeling like anything bad that happens at work, whether it's something bad that happens to them or something they end up doing to another person that they don't feel right about or something that they witness just the like constant pressure of being around people who do not want you to be there and who often will treat you really badly. Uh, that really gets to people, and yet that I heard again and again that people felt they had no one to talk to. I was struck by uh, one example in your piece of uh, someone who didn't even feel like they could talk to their spouse about mm -hmm. the things they were experiencing at work. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. I think... Some of it is that there's a very, in order to 
work in a very stressful environment, you kind of compartmentalize. You have you leave work at work uh, and you try to create a self that isn't at work, and you try to like switch into that self when you leave. But unsurprisingly, right, like it's really hard to do that and doesn't doesn't totally work for people. Right, right. Well, I, it, you know, this it really struck me uh, when I saw this PC because. You know, I know, obviously, I know a lot of folks who uh, work as chaplains. And if, if they work, you know, uh, if they work at a hospital, they'll say, you know, the, the surprising thing is so much of my ministry is to the doctors and to the nurses and right. to the staff. Or if they work on a cruise ship, they'll say, you know, I mean, mostly I say mass for the people who work in the kitchen or who, uh, you know, clean the rooms and stuff. Um, but it, I don't this I don't hear people say that about this area of work. Yeah, well, and there are some reasons for that. One one guy that I talked to made the point that if you're working in the prison, if you're staff of any kind, uh, you are often trained not to fraternize with uh, the volunteers who come in, including the chaplains, because they also are considered potentially a security risk. Uh, and people told me stories about things like finding weapons hidden in Bibles. Uh, so, you know, there's so there, there's... It's a job where you're trained to look for the reasons someone might not be trustworthy. Right. Uh, and so that makes it difficult, even with people who are coming into the prison to serve. On the other hand, I do think there's also people, some of the people I talked to pointed out, that there's often a kind of identification of the corrections officers with the prison system. Uh, and that they're sort of, they're treated as if they're responsible for every bad thing that the prison system does instead of, you know, these are people we're also here to serve and to, to help. And does that record, does that represent a kind of a cultural shift in the last few years? Because I remember uh, older Jesuit priests who worked as prison chaplains saying that, you know, back in the day, as it were, um, you know, you would, you would visit prisoners, but you also had a relationship with, with the staff, with the guards, you, you know, you trusted each other. And you 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 trusted that there was a, uh, uh, you know that 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 you were all working toward the same goal, as it were. And now maybe that was an uh, idealized version of history. But uh, I does I mean that that does that more adversarial element in their relationship is that a relatively recent thing? I so I don't really know. Um, <clears throat> anecdotally, of the relatively small number of people I talked to. Nobody mentioned this, including people who had been working in the system for many decades. Mm. No one kind of brought up the idea of a change in culture. But, I mean, I, you know, people did sometimes talk about the training as that, that COs go through as a place where some of the attitudes of mistrust and dehumanization in some cases, depending on what, you know, where you are, what you do, uh, can, be, can be inculcated. And it wouldn't surprise me if some of that had changed. But I just don't know, and people didn't raise that as a possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it there is this sort of paradox. On the one hand, people who you know I think work in in law enforcement in general are some of the most like uh, valorized uh, mm-hmm. people in in this country. Uh, on the other hand, you know, there are also the same people who have you know very high suicide rates, very high mm-hmm. divorce rates, yeah. um, in our in our suffering, and, and and also are very likely to report that they work in a thankless job. Um, which, you know, from the public sphere, you know, people in law enforcement are getting thanked all the time. Uh, what what do you think is going on there? Well, so there's a few things. One, I think corrections officers are in a somewhat different position. I don't think they're nearly as kind of lauded. There aren't, there aren't TV shows, right, on every right. channel about the inner lives of corrections officers. Uh, 
But there's also a thing, you know, a lot of people who have served in the military are kind of cynical about the whole thanks for your service thing mm -hmm. because it's being thanked by people who don't really know or want to know what that service was actually like for them. Uh, and I think that there's definitely an element of that as well. Uh, of one of the things that came up many times in interviews that I did with people is that people don't know what their work lives are really like. Uh, people don't know what the stresses are or what the moral choices are that they're being asked to make. And so people are relating to them almost like a false image that they have of what being a prison guard is like, as opposed to the actual experiences of the officers. So Eve, did you find, did you get to talk to some people who are ministering to corrections officers? Like what, what is available to them? Yeah, so there's a few different things. I talked to some chaplains who do also, as as you guys said, uh, serve the, the the officers and the staff. Uh, I also talked to a guy who works for a peace officers fellowship. There's a few of these, uh, which are kind of uh, support groups generally. Uh, and and then I talked to a few people from the group Desert Waters, which offers workshops and and. Uh, seeks to kind of help people heal from uh, from their experiences if they're really suffering, if they're in need of that. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, so, and that's a place where when I asked people where, where would you send someone who was really hurting in this work, uh, they would recommend Desert Waters also. That's it. You know, I would also say, just getting back to what you were saying about um, the, 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 the different ways in which corrections officers are viewed, say, from a beat cop. Uh, you know, I, I was just running through my head of, of cultural depictions of corrections officers or, or prison guards, I suppose, as they're more colloquially known. Um, they're very rarely the protagonist, right? Usually the, it's, it's the prisoner in some form or another, whether they're a mobster or a or, or whatever are uh, is the protagonist, and the and the guard is the antagonist, right? And uh, and at usually involved in some level of corruption, you know, and uh, and so that 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 those you know, there's no blue bloods, right, no, for prison not. guards, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> I, I was like struck in the piece reading that there's not really any like uh, accountability that's offered to corrections officers you know in training you, you you quote someone that says if you you know not to worry about if you accidentally break an arm or accidentally kill somebody because inmates are replaceable mm -hmm. and when you're told that in training and maybe you you right. do accidentally do something that you're not proud of and you've got you know no one from y your boss right. isn't gonna talk to you about it your your family's not going to talk to you about it there's no chaplain that's going to talk to you about it that's that eats at a person's soul mm-hmm yeah, because not holding someone accountable is another way of saying we don't care about you. Yeah. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you gave yeah. some uh, pretty pretty practical insights uh, toward the end of this piece, uh, which is uh, uh, in the latest issue of America, and you can find it at americamagazine.org forward slash serious. Um, things, five things we should be thinking about when uh, when we're, we're thinking about this issue. Can You want to highlight a couple of them, Eve? Sure. Um, I, well, I think the biggest one kind of was was really just to listen first, uh, and I, a lot of the other kind of specific points will come out if you really uh, if you really listen to where people are coming from and don't make assumptions about what they feel or think. Uh, one point that came up a few times was the possibility of offering practical help. Uh, 
there's, you know, one guy made the point that there are a lot of single moms who work in prisons and their kids need care. And if the church could provide that, that would be a place, a way of creating a trusted space, uh, a place where they knew that they could be, that they could be heard. Uh, and, you know, and one point that I, that came up a few times was that people's experiences of corrections work wildly vary. I talked to, I mentioned I talked to two women who had worked at the same time in the same prison who talk about it in totally different terms. And an interesting thing about that is that both of them even went into uh, kind of the helping professions immediately out, out of corrections. Hmm. Uh, and so they have, I think, somewhat similar mindsets, and yet you would not be able to predict what the second woman would say about her experiences just from having heard the first woman. So a kind of humility and a willingness to know what you don't know. And and I, uh, listening, I think, was, as you mentioned, probably the most important. Uh, as you mentioned mm-hmm. in this piece, the number of folks who said, I, I just don't feel heard. Yeah. 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 Uh, Eve, I read in the, I think it was New York Times last week, it was like the front page that uh, in prisons uh, all across the country, you have support staff being uh, called into service uh, as correctional officers or, 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 you know, substitute guards. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's this also sense of overwork and understaffing. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, spending long days outside in the heat um, is not something that the, it's a justice issue for the prisoners, but also for the guards. Um, Did you get that sense that there was uh, a lot of labor concerns? Uh, Yes. Uh, Definitely, I think people do feel overwhelmed uh, by the work that they're being asked to do, by the hours they're being asked to work, uh, and kind of the, and the conditions under which that happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the piece is called "You Have Heard It Said: Visit the Imprisoned, But What About Their Guards?" by Eve Tushnet, and it is in the June 11th issue of America Magazine. Eve, it's a great piece. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. So, uh, well, you've been listening to America This Week on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. You can find everything that we're talking about today uh, at uh, americamagazine.org forward slash Sirius, where you can also see uh, the list of 48 awards that we won this year at the Catholic Press Association, the most in America's 110-year history. I, 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 I have to say this every hour, just to, <laughs> instead of pinching myself, this is what right. I do, yeah. Uh, so uh, for, for, forgive my boast, but I'm proud in the Lord, I'd like That's to think. That's right. I'd like to think. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. And to subscribe to America, call 1-800-627-9533. That's 1-800-627-9533 for a smart Catholic take on faith and culture. For Colleen Dully and Zach Davis, I'm Father Matt Malone. Thank you and good day. Thank you for listening to the podcast of America This Week, courtesy of the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129. If you want to listen to more, subscribe to Sirius XM and tune in on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129.